Hey there, I'm Jess Jordana, copywriter and brand messaging strategist for online business owners and your host of the Feel Wealthy Show, the podcast that has basically nothing to do with any of that, but also everything to do with it at the same time. See, all of us listening are pursuing some version of more. Maybe it's why you started your business, or maybe it's why you find yourself constantly dreaming, what if? But in this pursuit of more, I've found that we're absolutely starving for examples of those of us who are soaking in, celebrating, or even just noticing the more that we hold right now. I believe you can have it all, and I believe I can too, but real talk, It rarely comes all at once, and quite frankly, magic is easy to miss in the making of it. So on the Feel Wealthy Show, I'm bringing you alongside myself and other successful people as we explore a tangible, concrete meaning of wealth that not only changes our lives, but also changes our days as we practice feeling it now instead of holding out hope for later. Hello, Elise. Thanks so much for joining me on the Feel Wealthy Show. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. I am so excited too. And I know that we have had the ability to have like a few conversations here and there, but we've never really been able to have like a deep conversation. So selfishly, I'm excited for myself that we get to kind of go back and forth here, but also that our audience gets to listen in on it. And you always have some amazing kind of like ahas and downloads for your people. So I'm excited for them to be able to experience that too. So for anybody who doesn't know you yet, give us the lowdown on who you are, what you do, how you got here, all that good stuff. Okay. So I'm a business mentor, mindset coach for purpose-driven women. So, I mean, what does that mean? Really? I just care a lot about getting women out into the world who care deeply about the work and the service that they do and help them make a fuck ton of money doing it in a way that they enjoy. So my story is a long one. So I'm going to try to give us the Coles notes. Yes. <laughs> I got into this business kind of by accident in the sense of my first two businesses one was yoga. The second was like a nutrition practice that I had that was first physical. And then I moved that online and I really just started to notice that. I mean, I, I love nutrition. I love health and well-being and all of those things, but like those things didn't matter if we weren't actually looking at what people were feeling, thinking how their body was responding to the thoughts in their head around it. So like I could give them all the delightful, cute meal plans and do all the things, but if they didn't trust themselves, if they hadn't worked through some stuff that was causing them to make decisions that weren't serving them, it just didn't matter. And so when I started to dive a little bit deeper with my clients and work a lot more, I guess I have a background in psychology from uni and just work a little bit more on just their awareness around it and unpacking some of those pieces of their mindset and how they were feeling and thinking about it. Like the results were insane. And it was very much like once I knew that I couldn't unknow it. And then I became way less interested in the actual nutrition and way more interested in the thing that I saw creating such big Mm -hmm. outcomes for my clients, which was so much more of like the inner work and the mindset and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So once I really figured that out, that's what I cared so much about. And I, I, I really kind of lost a bit of interest in terms of what I was doing. I'd also been in that business for 
my gosh, probably three years, half-assing it for, you know, the majority (laughs) of that. (laughs) And I just made the decision one day to shut it all down, fire my clients, close down my membership. And it was just, I'm one of those people, if I have a light bulb moment, I just like, I take action on it Mm -hmm. immediately, which looked insane to everyone else. And so I just shut that business down. I literally took a couple of weeks off. I live in Australia. I'm originally from Canada. That's another aspect of the story we'll say (laughs) later. And we went down to Tasmania, just took like a couple of weeks off, came back and I was like, okay, like I'm, I really want to do more of this mindset stuff. I'm, you know, I've been in this for a while. I have so many women who are in, I, you know, nutrition or more spiritual work, or like I'd worked at lots of studios and a lot of my friends own studios. And like, those were the women who I saw were not owning their desires. They were not feeling comfortable charging money because they thought mm. that just because they loved what they do, that was like enough. And they felt guilty for getting paid really well to do the work they were doing. And it just like lit such a fire under my ass that I couldn't not go in that direction. So it was terrifying, but I, you know, started this business up basically with like 20 people in a Facebook group and ended up selling out all of my one-on-one and scaled to 10 K months within like 12 weeks. So it grew really quickly, mm-hmm. but it was because of so many of the mistakes I made in my previous business that I was mm-hmm. just able to get super clear on like, you know, I, I love the way you describe copy and writing because I think we're very on point with our philosophies around that. Yes, I was just on point yes. with it. Like I knew what to say because I was really that person and I was unabashedly willing to talk about it because I was so mm-hmm. lit up about how this was needed. And whenever I just have a fire in my belly, that translates. So mm-hmm. long story short, we grew and scaled the business to multiple six figures in like 18 months. And we've kind of just grown and scaled since, which is like mm-hmm. an amazing I mean, not like there hasn't been a million ups and downs, but (laughs) (laughs) a great trajectory nonetheless. (laughs) Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that it's so encouraging to hear a story that wasn't like the first thing you started was the best thing ever. And then that was the end of the story kind of thing, which I feel like we hear a lot of those stories but we're not really hearing the whole story, but the fact that like you had a business in the online world before you had this existing business, I think helps people to see that and understand that. And so I love that story so much. I'm curious, when was the first time that it like really struck you and you thought like, oh, wow, I'm like actually doing this thing in your current business? Yeah, good question. Honestly, it was really early on. Like, I think I opened up the Facebook group because honestly, I was just too scared to announce it publicly. I thought everyone mm-hmm. was going to be like, she's just becoming a business coach because everyone <laughs> makes more money doing that. And like, I, I was just so terrified of what people would think, to be totally mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. And so I, I comfortably hid in the group but at least there I was able to say the things and do the stuff and I remember I think I signed my first client within like oh a couple weeks of opening the Facebook group and so there was less than 20 people in there I think we had maybe 50 people in there when I had my first 10k month like it was small but I went Mm. so deep with them and even when I just signed that first client I just had this I remember like crying being so happy Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
like really being like, holy shit, like I'm doing it. And I could just really feel the momentum building. And it was just one of those moments where I was like, I know I meant to do this. And this is just like the extra confirmation on top that it's absolutely the right direction. Cause it was such a struggle in my first business to get any momentum. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like really one of the moments. And then when it just grew very quickly to 10K, and then I had taken two part time jobs up at the very beginning of the business just so I could afford hiring support. Our mm-hmm. coach that we both work with, I hired then, had no business doing it, had like 10K of credit card debt. <laughs> like it was not the responsible yeah. thing to do, but I right. really just knew that I needed to do something different if I wanted to gain momentum fast in this business and really give it. Mm-hmm a proper crack. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think the first client and then definitely the 10K month, although I think I have lots of caveats to that in the sense of like, I was like, oh shit, like it's working. Like mm-hmm. people yeah, are yeah, still yeah. signing up. I've increased my prices. It is happening. And I think really shortly after that, it's funny because I know Lacey shared this on your podcast, but I remember Lacey saying to me like, mm-hmm. how does it feel to know that you'll never worry about money again. And I was like, mm. um, we just had our first 10 K month, like slow down woman. Like, like what are you talking about? Down. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so oh, good. Cause man. like really leaning into like, Oh no, like I, this is just where we go. And it's only up and up from here it, mm-hmm. and solidifying that and doing a lot of uncomfortable work to get behind that was just so helpful for me to then like, I've never really had the fear of ironically this getting burnt to the ground even though that was like a hundred percent what happened to my first business but I really think it's because of the way I decided to make all of those first pieces mean in my business when I started and I just did that work to believe it Mm -hmm. yeah I love that I feel like okay a couple of like follow-up things that I want to say Whenever I first started coaching with Lacey, she caught me on because I had had like a fair amount of success in my business and I had just had my daughter who was my first child and everything. And so I was like in a difficult headspace and I just started coaching with her and I was saying things like I was like telling her about my business, saying things that I had had in terms of success, but I kept saying, oh, I've just done this, or I've only done this. And she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like <laughs> waiting for her to be like, oh yeah, so this is what you can do to do this better. Or like, this is totally. what you need to change or, or shift. But she kind of just like sat there in it with me and uh-huh. was like, have you ever really like felt into the fact that you've like reached those goals. And I was like, yeah, no, I have not. I don't even know what that means. So I yes, mean, hence this whole journey, but yeah. yes, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like that's <laughs> enough or that is something to celebrate. You know what yeah, I mean? So totally. she's so good at putting people in that discomfort, but I want to go back to, there was a small little thing that you said in terms of when you started your Facebook, you said that um, your Facebook group for this business, you said that you comfortably hid inside of the Facebook group. Was that like a big shift of when you stopped comfortably hiding or did it just kind of gradually happen or what did that look like? Yeah. So I should probably, I mean, two things there is like, I did have, like, I had clients in my previous business. I had people that were following me for nutrition. A lot of those people were wanting to start their own, but like, they were kind of just like, what is this Mm. 
woman doing? What is this crazy chick on the internet talking about? Yeah. I do that too. And so there was a bit of a community that I could bring in, but I was definitely scared to like change my Instagram and like make it way Mm. more public for my friends and my family and everyone to see. So it, I probably ripped that bandaid off pretty early on. It was just, I knew that I just knew myself. I was like, okay, I can show up really boldly in one place. That's like my next, that's my edge to stretch. Great. Mm-hmm. Tick. Once I got comfortable doing that, I just started to expand it a little bit wider and wider. So, you know, I was still showing up in Facebook groups, but again, that felt comfortably hidden because my family didn't need to know. My friends didn't yep. need to know. They're like, who's this chick? Who's just changing businesses left, right, and center was like how I thought they would see it. Mm-hmm. And like, look, I'm sure they did. But it was just kind of, for me, I feel like the win is always baby steps. So like, if we can just energetically get behind something and feel really comfortable doing it, that's a win. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew myself well enough to know that like, okay, I can stretch myself here. Let's build up that muscle and then take it a little bit wider. And then I yeah. I probably did that pretty soon. I, I It'd be interesting actually to look back and see mm-hmm. how fast did I start to do that it was probably within like a month but yeah it felt I remember being strategic about that I'm like I'm just gonna say it over here first and mm-hmm. see how we go mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah but I think like momentum kind of like what you said momentum helps so much on the journey to self-trust like obviously yeah. in your if you're in stasis it's hard to trust yeah. yourself it's hard to think like oh I'm doing the things I'm moving I'm getting results, whatever. But once you start that ball rolling, it's a lot easier to kind of move that into another area and say, okay, this worked here. Let me try it again sort of thing. So I love that. I also feel like I, (laughs) one edge for me in starting this podcast was like, oh my gosh, I can't just like comfortably hide with my Instagram anymore, which is silly because I have like a decent following on Instagram, but I feel like- it, it still is like its own little cocoon. Whereas the Absolutely. podcast, like anybody, like, hi, mom, anybody could be listening at any oh, time. You, you don't know, know ever. You have no idea. Yeah. And <laughs> I like, didn't realize that was a thing until like a week before the podcast was going to launch. And I was like, somebody from high school liked my post and now they're going to listen to my podcast and what's totally. going to happen. So yeah. it's so weird how that just like continues on a different level at every stage of business, essentially. Hundred percent. I remember the same thing when I did my when I launched my podcast. I was like, I can't control and know who's <laughs> listening. I don't love that. <laughs> I know it's so weird. Oh man. Okay, so let's move into like the money stuff. So, what do you think is a money struggle or like a money mindset that you've really had to face as you've grown your business? Yeah, good question. So, it's definitely been not feeling guilty about making mm. more money. So I didn't grow up with a lot of money at all in at all. And it was just not a normal thing for, it was just not something I was exposed to. I really had a lot of beliefs around like just the typical things of like, like people are like, you know, not that money necessarily creates dodginess. There was definitely some of that I'd already worked through, but like, there was just a lot of connotations that were just so deeply built into my, into my subconscious. Mm -hmm. And I still have to kind of look at that at every stage. And it's constantly still my edge. Like I remember when we crossed a million in total revenue, I wanted to downplay that so much. I didn't want to tell anyone about it. I wanted Mm -hmm. to completely hide and like, 
it just felt so uncomfortable. I remember the first time I treated myself to like my fancy bag, I was like afraid to take it to yoga because it it was just like, oh God, I'm going to be that bitch. And like, mm-hmm. and I think from teaching yoga and like just being in different communities, especially I think in a bit more of like a spiritual holistic realm, there's just a lot of connotations with mm-hmm. any of that stuff. And so it's felt yeah. super, super edgy for me at each level. So that's probably it. Like not feeling guilty, remembering that like, it doesn't take away from anyone. Like it's so wild how our brains have this concept that there's like this money pie. And if you take more, Mm -hmm. that leaves someone else with less. And that's just not true at all. There's an unlimited resource. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely one of the biggest things. People hating me for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, same, same. (laughs) A a big thing for me is like being misunderstood. And so Mm. that's been a really big edge is like, okay, look, people probably, how do I get comfortable knowing that most people probably will misunderstand me? Whether that's mm-hmm. like in how I'm communicating and what I'm doing and the way I'm showing up and like, I mean, all of the things. Right. And so I think it's also been that edge. Cause it's like, well, the bigger your business grows, the more you're open to that and the more you're exposed and like, mm-hmm. yeah, the more opportunity there is for those instances. So that's been it. So it's been a lot related to guilt, not feeling bad, feeling like, it's okay to earn more and more and really just constantly pushing that edge around it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's just a lot of like, I think, especially growing up in an environment where I didn't know anyone who had very much money or a lot of money, you know, like we're very Mm -hmm. middle class kind of growing up. And there was like some sort of like safety in that. So that's been a really big thing too. You know, as we've, my husband's in business and he works in property development and we've put a lot of money into like real estate investing Mm -hmm. and development. And so it kind of, it's, it's this weird thing where you start to kind of feel a little bit different (laughs) to like what you you know, some of your friends are doing or different friend groups or all of that. And so it, it can, it, can really trigger safety mechanisms, I think, in a really big way. And so mm-hmm. that's definitely been an edge is just remembering that, you know, you're real humans just don't care what you do, mm-hmm. who you are, what anything. And the ones who do, well, that's helpful and clarifying to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I had that information before. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. And I actually saw, why is his name escaping me? right now he's a really big podcaster and he's big in like the mindset he like did a stint as a monk and is like really big in terms of mindset stuff I'm gonna have to look it up anyway I saw a little TikTok clip of one of his podcasts where he was basically telling somebody interviewing him that the biggest thing that changed things for him was getting okay with being misunderstood and I was like yes crap the worst (laughs) news ever but it's so true (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm curious if this is going to like, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk for a while, which is totally fine, but I'm curious because you just reposted a podcast that you did with Lacey about crying hysterically after like your first six figure launch or something like that was a lot of that mindset stuff. What was coming up? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it was like, it was wild to me how wildly uncomfortable that made my body like nervous Mm. system like 
it just felt very disorienting in a very mm-hmm. deep level. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating to me because, you know, I've had the, it is a benefit, but I've had the situation where like every kind of income milestone that's felt really stretchy for me. One of my fears has always come true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's really been actually super helpful. Like I remember really briefly when I was growing, I was wanting to, I was like stuck at like 10 K 15 K 18 K just couldn't hit the 20 K mark. And I remember doing the old, good old fear inventory and like, Mm -hmm. it's so wild, the things that come up and this very specific situation came up with a family member. And I was like, that is so weird and so random. Mm -hmm. And it like literally materialized in two weeks. And so it was really helpful because it helped me to see that like, it actually had nothing to do with the money. It had everything to do with like my lack of boundaries or my people pleasing and peacekeeping tendencies and like all of that, which Mm -hmm. I think is really helpful because I think sometimes we just, uh, our brain just immediately associates it with like more money, more problems or like this bad thing is going to happen. And it usually has absolutely nothing to do with the actual money and it has everything Mm -hmm. to do with how we're thinking about it, our own behavior, the way we're seeing things, our lack of boundaries or whatever, right? And so something similar happened around the six-figure launch mark. And it was less emotionally disabling, although it was, but it was like wildly somatically disabling in the sense Mm -hmm. of like, I just like was heightened. I just had like, you know, I've never really had anxiety, but it, I definitely, I'm a very sensitive human. So I was like, just hypersensitive to little things, like noises, things were bothering me that wouldn't normally bother me and all of those pieces. And it was during COVID too. And we were very much yeah, in a lockdown situation. So I'm sure that didn't mm-hmm. help. <laughs> right. Everything is um, heightened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything is heightened. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was more about you know, how wild it was to me that it just affected me on such a somatic level Mm -hmm. and how my body just needed some time and some safety to just kind of feel okay in that. And then, you know, there's all the little pieces of like feeling safe, holding that many more people and feeling safe talking about it. But I like would have really loved to hide and not tell anyone about it if it was up to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And I feel like I, in terms of like the being misunderstood or not feeling safe in your body, like all of that kind of stuff comes when you do something wildly different, which for a lot of people is maybe just even not downplaying your success. Yeah. Like I have found such bodily discomfort and yeah. because I think I grew up with a very like, I mean, my dad is very sarcastic. Like our family is just kind of self-deprecating in like a humorous yeah. sort of way. And so I totally. also found a lot of my like social approval in my ability to make fun of myself. And it has been something that I have tried so hard in the past couple of years to not do, but it's like, I feel so it's like somebody gives you a compliment and then you say, thank you. And you're like, 
<laughs> like, like I so badly want to like downplay that and be like, oh, I got it for 50% off. It, it's no 100%. big deal, whatever. But yeah. like that times everything in your life is like so hard to change. And then, like you said, once you start to do that, people will kind of distance from you who that is their default as well. And that can be really, really hard to not just like fall back into that to fit into that crowd or whatever. So I a hundred percent identify with all of that stuff you were saying, but (laughs) all of the depth aside, I would love to hear more about what abundance looks like in your life, what your like feel wealthy list really consists of. And so if you guys are new to listening to the podcast, I want to give you just a little spiel on what the feel wealthy list is. Basically, this is the thing that I created in my notes app. Whenever my coach Lacey told me, Hey, have you ever like sat and realized your success? And I'm like, no, I actually haven't. And so I just started to focus on what in my current life makes me feel the wealth that I'm really trying to create. And I feel like is not here yet. Like what pieces of it are already here. And so that started this list in my notes app and this whole concept. And so now Elise, I would love to know like, what is on your list? What do you feel like is on your list right now? Get specific with us, all the things. Tell us number one. Yes. Love it. So to me, abundance is really just like feeling like I have options and choice and like Mm freedom is just such a big value for me. So anything that makes me feel like I get to choose or I get to have things that really fill me up is totally the barometer here, but Mm -hmm. feel wealthy list. So I will kind of start with the, maybe not the boring stuff, the, maybe the bigger stuff, boring stuff first. To me, it's really important to not have to feel like my business is the only thing that brings in money. I feel Mm. like every time I feel like I have multiple avenues for money coming in makes it feel like pressure is just like, does not work for me. It just makes it feel Mm. lighter. It makes it feel fun. It makes me feel more excited to go after other goals. And so investing in the money I make is really, really important to me, which is, you know, can sound super boring, but something that I, I personally love. So Mm-hmm. We have invested in different properties. We're currently going to be building a home and then moving into it, but with the sight of it, like making us money and like being mm-hmm. a long-term investment. And I've just done that a few times over. And it's been so cool to see how that makes you money in other ways. And, and really also just like makes me feel so safe because I don't have to feel like I've just got to constantly make more money in order to do what I want to do or like be able to retire when I want to retire or travel or do any of that. So Mm -hmm. that's something that just makes me feel super in overflow and like, oh, I've got so many different channels flowing and like Mm -hmm. that makes it feel so good and totally takes all the pressure off the business, which I think is just so important. It was a big Mm -hmm. reason why I got two jobs at the beginning because I knew that not having so much pressure on the business was what would really support me. And so I'm always kind of looking at that in different ways because I just know it works really well for me. So mm-hmm. that is, and it's super fun to be like, I want to be, so my, as I mentioned, my husband works in property development. I'm like, I want to be like one of your big investors. Like that sounds yeah. so fun. 
that is fun yeah he's it's not a lot of you know women or (laughs) under you like any women really it's usually like Mm -hmm. lots of older men that are like their main investors I'm like I want to be one of your main investors so that's like a fun little goal I have for myself too yeah that is Um, fun I'm curious do you have any sort of like when it comes to the investment and things like that do you have any sort of like regular interval that you invest at or a certain Mm. threshold that you're like, Oh, okay. My bank account is overflowing at this point and I need to invest something like what's your decision-making process like there. Good question. I love that. So it sometimes works in two different ways in the sense of like, maybe we'll have a goal to make another investment. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of channel my own personal savings, or if we've got an overflow from the business, maybe we'll move some money out of there. I like Mm -hmm. to have a fair bit of business savings, but also I realize that it's really, quite frankly, dumb to carry a lot of cash in a bank account, not doing anything. So (laughs) I'm happier to not like, if I see that take over six figures, I'm like, okay, at least we got to get the money out of there. Cause like that is dumb. It's, we could just be making so much more money from that just sitting Mm -hmm. in the bank account. So sometimes that's a barometer. Real estate's pretty expensive where I live. So it's, you know, it's easy to kind of channel a fair view of those things into different pieces. We just did a renovation of an apartment that we own up north somewhere and we're going to resell that. So we'll do something with that money. So there's usually lots of bits and pieces kind of moving around, which has Mm -hmm. been such an education too. Like we don't, Mm -hmm. no one teaches you this stuff. Like it's Mm -hmm. been really cool to kind of like expand my way of thinking around money and feel safe playing with larger amounts of money because it's just not something Mm -hmm. I was ever exposed to before. So sometimes it'll be a goal and then we channel money through it. Or sometimes it'll be like, okay, there's too much money sitting here. Yeah. I know what great problem to have, but but what can we do with it to leverage it? Because I think that's just so important to just maximize the money you're making in the business Mm -hmm. personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's like changing kind of the location of the safety, because I think a lot of people can identify with like, oh, it feels so safe to have my bank account just go up, up and up. But it also feels really safe to have multiple channels flowing in and things like that. So just kind of like changing that definition. I know our like circle of friends is very entrenched in real estate as well. And so it's just been so funny. I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but I feel like with real estate, money almost feels like monopoly money. 100%, which like, makes it wait, feel so fun for me. I like, I this is like anytime my husband wants to get me on board with something, he's like, okay, so yeah. this is what it looks like in monopoly. I'm like, okay, I'm on board. I can understand I this. <laughs> And specifically like equity in something, I'm like, that's fake. Like that, that's fake money. We don't have that money. It's like, we have the equity in this. And I'm like, okay, so we have X amount in monopoly money. What are we going to do with that? So it's just been such a fun, like thing for us as well to just like see this whole new world that you really don't understand until you get into it. And yeah, yeah, it's, we've enjoyed it also. Okay. So number one is your business not being the only source of money, what would you say is number two? Honestly, little things that bring me joy is like Mm -hmm. just something that helps me to feel really freaking good. So I am Mm -hmm. a very basic bitch in the sense of like, I like really 
basic things and like yeah I love my silk pillowcase I love the fancy sheets I get to buy I like mm-hmm. love having little luxuries that just make me so happy <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you know knowing every time I slip into bed I'm like I literally think I say this out loud every day in my husband's like you were you were really into these sheets I'm like oh they are, don't these feel amazing like aren't these just <laughs> the best <laughs> and like get really oh my gosh I love that the are party. they a certain kind of sheets yes I, I'm not remotely a promo but like sheet society best sheets in the world society. they're like extra deep so like you never oh. have to stretch the edges they've got like a little tab at the bottom so you know which way is up and down we have like nice. a king beds which can be such a pain in the butt to like change sheets on but it makes it so mm-hmm. easy like those little things that they're like smooth as butter I splurged in some linen sheets it's hot mm-hmm. where I live can highly recommend for hot climate so yeah <laughs> I love that so much and I feel like okay are you a tight bed person like do you want your sheets to be tight when you slip in or not so I like the bed made tight but then I like ruffle it all out when I get in oh really yeah interesting yeah yeah okay yes. you don't Although like to I- feel confined I mean, I say that, but I also have a weighted blanket on top. So it's probably because like it's warm here most of the year. And so Mm -hmm. I need like the leg hanging out in order to have like, I feel like the climate of growing up in Canada and then living in Australia messes me up because I need (laughs) weight on my body to feel like I can sleep. Yeah. But then it's often very hot at night. I get that. So I'm a stick a leg out the side with two comforters and a weighted blanket when it's like 20 something degrees at night. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. I love it. I have had so many, I'm not going to say fights, tuffles we'll say with my husband about our bedding because he could just like have it in a pile and then just like get out under a piece of the covers and like go to sleep fine. And I'm like, I want it made tight and I want it around mm, me and like tucked like around me. Jacket. And it, yeah. <laughs> we've talked to all of our friends about this and everybody is different. We even have a set of friends who like, they sleep with separate blankets, like I've, in the I've same this is genius. bed. Yeah. Some people are like no top sheet at all. It is a very polarizing topic. That's wild. Yeah. I'm a necessary <laughs> top sheet. Top sheet for sure. I don't understand that, but yes. So all of that said, bedding is very important and people have big opinions (laughs) on their bedding. So So we will share the sheet society and make sure you guys can check that out. Okay. What's, what's next in terms of like little joys or big things? So travel has just always been Mm -hmm. such a thing for me. I did a ton of travel around uni when I was young and I mean, living literally on the other side of the the world from my family, it's just so, it's always just been so important to me that I can like go whenever I want, fly whenever I need to. So like, you know, I've surprised my mom for Christmas without her knowing I was coming home and like, mm-hmm. I don't think my grandma is 90 and she sometimes listens to my podcast, but I, I don't <laughs> think she'll find this one. So I think uh-huh. I can share it here, but we're going to surprise my grandma for her 90th birthday and fly oh home. Oh my gosh, in fun. March. And 
just being able to do that and just see the look on people's faces where I scare the crap out of them, <laughs> but also I yes. delight them to be able to like, just do that is so, so, so cool. And just the best mm-hmm. feeling ever. And yeah, travel's just been so important to me. So we recently celebrated my 40th and we were over in Maldives and Asia for like a month. And so you know, being able to take big trips, being able to go for little weekends away and like stay at really nice places is just one of my favorite things in the Mm -hmm. entire planet. Yeah. I love that so much. So would you say the thing that you splurge on the most is like the stay or what is your like luxury of travel? Yeah. So definitely the stay. I, I really love a five star mm-hmm. <laughs> hotel in a big way. So that's been such like just the best upgrade is like, we can yeah. always book a really nice hotel. We can always stay at the really nice place. We can pay outrageous amounts of money for like the little bonuses and the luxuries with flights. Being able to book business has been really fun too. Mm-hmm. We were able to do that for our last flight, especially when it's like a long haul overseas trip yeah. that's like yeah like it's just the best thing on the planet like I mm-hmm. I I'm like how do you go back from this I'm like, right. <laughs> it's not possible <laughs> it's really really not possible so that is super like I'm one of those people who like I I mean we go out to eat and I I like I'm such a food person give me all the mm-hmm. food but like I love holes in the wall, but I also love really nice dining. But in terms of travel, the how I feel around it is so important to me. If mm-hmm. I can get like, I'm not a person who can sleep on a normal flight. And so mm-hmm. if I get two hours of sleep, that's like such a bonus and makes me be able to make the most out of the trip so much more yeah. too. So yeah, mm-hmm. I love definitely accommodation and splurging on the the odd business plate mm-hmm. is just like best. Yeah. I love that. I also feel like with food, whether it's like a fancy restaurant or like a hole in the wall, it doesn't really matter. I feel like the wealthy piece is like being in the know, like knowing where to go or like being excited about where you're going or whatever, instead of just kind of having to deal with whatever's in front of you. Um, so I love that idea too. Yeah. The adventure around it like excites me. Like when we went to Asia, I'm like, we're eating all the street food. So be prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh man. Okay. Hit us with one more. I think we have time for one more. Okay. Lucky last. I, I re- it's really, for me, it's like, so the small little treats too. So in the mm-hmm. sense of like, I love being able to surprise. I remember when one of my best friends had her first baby, like being able to surprise her with like meal delivery or mm-hmm. like having something that would just make her life significantly easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just being able to do that just because was just like the best freaking feeling in the world. I've shared my passion of sheets with my family. I've like everyone in my family has gotten those mm-hmm. as gifts. Like just being able to spoil people in ways that I know they would never do it for themselves is like one of my favorite things of all mm-hmm. time. Cause I feel like, like, I mean, so many of us are like that. Like we would do something, we would buy something nice for someone else, but we wouldn't buy it for themselves. And so I, mm-hmm. I just love doing that for friends and yeah. family and those little surprises that just like, what's better than getting a surprise delivery? Like nothing mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, 
totally. Yeah. Are you, what do you feel like is your main like love language? Definitely. It would be probably a tie between gifts and words of affirmation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I feel like words of affirmation are like a form of a gift kind of yes. <laughs> like it's True. kind of the same Agreed. concept, which yeah. I feel like those are my two also. Yeah. Gifts are like number one for me. And I've always been like yeah. mad at that because it feels like the selfish love language, but I'm like, no, it's not <laughs> like, I love giving gifts too, yeah. but there's something about that. Like being able to pick something that, you know, somebody's going to love is so fun. And I always feel like it feels really wealthy to not have to, because as somebody who's like, like an empath and really understands people, you often know what they would really like, but sometimes you have to skimp on it and you have to say like, Oh, I know they would really love this, but I can't do that. So let me do like one peg under that. And that doesn't feel very fun. So it's fun to just like get the thing, you know, that they would love and be able to deliver on that so fun like it's and even like just little things were like it's so silly but a friend of mine she's my sister-in-law had um Mm -hmm. a baby shower and I was organizing it and there was like just little extras I could do and not have to think twice about it and like I was Mm. like this is so fun like I feel like sometimes those are such stressful events because you're organizing a million people and like figuring out the money and doing all of that and like not having to stress about that was like mm-hmm. everything to be like, mm-hmm. whatever, if a couple of people don't pay, it's like fine sort of thing. Yeah. And still being able to then go into that experience and have it be really about her and not be stressed about the details of it and, and <laughs> confession and be able to get my VA to like, do half of the organizing. Yes. <laughs> like I'm terrible. You're like, this would be fun. Stuff. You do it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> But that was like, I remember being like, this is the best. Like, I don't even have to do this myself. Like the pieces that I'm just not, I'm not an event organizer by any way, shape or form. So being, having the resources to like have my team be able to help me out with it. Like that just Mm -hmm. felt so cool. And I knew the experience for her was going to be better because you can feel when like someone's doing something for you and they're just like, this is shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or like if it's stressful for them and like, that doesn't feel good or fun in that situation at all. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Okay. I love Mm -hmm. your list. Just to recap, we have making sure that your business is not the only source of your money or abundance or whatever that means for you. Little things like bedding specifically. So silk (laughs) pillowcase, the right sheets, all the things, a leg out whenever you're sleeping. (laughs) Travel and specifically being able to splurge on those things that feel really good to you. And then surprising people with gifts without having to really think about it. So I'm curious if you can share with us as we're kind of wrapping up, what is one thing in your like life vision that you really want to make happen that you're kind of like stepping into right now? Oh, good question. So we're in the works of kind of building a home. And so Mm -hmm. it's like wildly, I never knew how detailed this was. (laughs) There's a lot of pieces to that. Um, And and it's in the works, but it's it's still, it's going to be such a stretch because at the end of the day, it's going to be in a great location. So it's going to be worth quite a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And being comfortable really envisioning myself in that is definitely something I'm working towards. Mm. 
And it can sound a little bit funny because it's not like it's not going to happen, but I think being in the experience of making that feel really safe and making that feel really good and trusting myself with the, all of those pieces is definitely something I'm like working on daily to envision myself in. And I'm, you know, I definitely want to scale the business to a million. So that's been Mm -hmm. such a envisioning practice and a practice of like stretching my edges and looking at, you know, not people pleasing and Mm -hmm. being okay with being misunderstood, even in having that goal. And like, you know, all of those pieces, I feel like it's so funny. Like even just saying that out loud, it's like, Oh, I feel a little bit bad. Cause like that was the thing in the online space and then it's been Mm -hmm. poo-pooed. And so we're not allowed to say that anymore. But like, yeah, I really love what feels so fun for me is like, how do I just like play and stretch into creating more? Like what's, mm-hmm. why not? Like, what do we got to lose? There's nothing yeah. <laughs> like, and cause I just know I become someone super different on the way there. And yeah. I really like that growth journey for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah. I think having the proof of like being like, Oh, I really like who I am. And like, not that I didn't like who I was four years ago, but like right. seeing the ways I've grown as a human and seeing the ways I'm able to just navigate life and be a more understanding, compassionate, happier human is like wild to see how that's such a, I see it as such a parallel to wealth growth, which is very different than I would have expected to be honest too. So really Mm -hmm. excited to continue stretching into that and really holding that vision of scaling the business to a million of revenue in a year too. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And I love that you drew the parallel between like personal and almost like relational growth to money growth. Because I think like there's this weird, I don't know if it's weird, but it's interesting phenomenon of like the wealthy people that you really look up to are those like captivating magnetic people who make it not about themselves at all. And they just make you feel like you're the only one in the room and like all those things, you know? And I think that there's an element of that, that I really love. And not that every wealthy person has that, but that I really love (laughs) about like envisioning in my own wealth journey as well is like, how can I like, not be afraid to distance myself in terms of circumstance, but also come closer to people in terms of relationship and emotion. And I think that that is challenging, but really beautiful in terms of a journey. I agree. I love how you like summarize that in such a perfect way. I think you're so bang on. And I think Mm -hmm. that's been, it's been a really cool thing to like, you know, through Chris's business, meet different people. And like a lot of these investors have a ton of money or like, you know, some of the real estate agents or the builders or other developers. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, (laughs) Chris is like, of course they're nice, but I'm like, these people are also nice. And he's like, why are you surprised? (laughs) You're like, I really didn't think it would be this way. (laughs) (laughs) I think especially in like real estate, there's like such a stigma of like sleazy. I'm like, no, these are like some of the most incredible humans I've ever met. And I like admire them and their values and the way they show up and like what they do, like, you know, someone we've become close with, like they foster two kids and like, Mm -hmm. it's like just incredible how big their hearts are. And like, just, just really 
am so in awe of the people mm-hmm. I get to then meet and be experienced to. And it's such a up level in terms of reframing those subconscious beliefs or like stigmas or, you know, all of that, that we have around it. So couldn't agree with you more. And I think it really encourages me to stretch myself even more when I do see that. And you Mm -hmm. see those examples because it's so beautiful, really. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I feel like this even leads into like a a separate podcast that we need to do about messaging. That's like, there is a way to be unrelatable, but not disconnected from people. And I think that that is like what a lot of people struggle with when they grow in their business is they're like struggling anymore, the same as my audiences or whatever, but you can still connect with them in so many ways. So I think that's so important. So good. That's been something Lacey's always given me such a hard time of because mm-hmm. a lot of my messaging at the beginning was like, here's all the things I did wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 But here's the way I stuffed here's up. Here's why like, I suck. A hundred percent. And I had to really yeah. like, look at that. And like, she's like, you're really good at down, like focusing on the things you've done wrong. And like, it feels mm-hmm. wildly uncomfortable to kind of focus on the opposite or have that be more I had a really big fear that if I did that I would lose connection to my audience or exactly what you said I wouldn't be relatable and all of those pieces so that's Mm -hmm. such a thing (laughs) I love how well you articulated that not surprisingly Mm -hmm. but yeah love that so much awesome Okay. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. Share with us where the people can find you, what they need to know about you and connect with you further. Thank you. So definitely come follow me on Instagram. I'm Elise underscore Danielle underscore. I also have a podcast called the things we didn't do. So it's very much a podcast about like how we can really actually create huge amounts of growth, wealth, sustainability, and income through simplifying in all of the ways. And so mm-hmm. I have guests on, we'll have to have you on Jess, actually. That yes, that would be fun. Is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That talk about their journeys. I share a lot more in depth kind of behind the scenes stuff around business life, what it means to kind of grow a business and really enjoy the journey too. So mm-hmm. those are the main awesome. places. I also have a Facebook group called the purpose driven badass entrepreneurs that is the original from the first oh, yes i <laughs> love it amazing and her podcast is awesome you guys so add it to your list for sure and i'm sure we will be talking to you in the future but thanks so much for joining us today and i know that everybody's going to love this episode so thanks elise thank you so much for having me Thank you so much for listening in on this episode of the Feel Wealthy Show. If you love it here, then be sure to leave a five-star rating or review for the podcast. When you leave a five-star rating or review, you'll actually be entered to win the Feel Wealthy feature of the month. That's where I snail mail you something from my very own Feel Wealthy list as a thank you for supporting the podcast. I'm also a firm believer that the highest form of flattery is a recommendation, so I would be honored if you'd shout us out on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Jess Jordana so I can gush and thanks in the DMs. It really means so much. 
We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I hope you remember that an absolutely essential part of creating real tangible wealth in your life is choosing to feel wealthy now instead of waiting for later. Talk to you soon.